When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Hello and welcome to the Deep Dive. I'm delighted to say I'm joined with a very young Josh, by a very young Josh Williams today. Uh, Josh, great to have you back with me on YouTube, mate. We've done an incredible show actually on Red Men Plus there, 50 minute show basically. It was good though, wasn't it? We looked at seven different managers. Uh, We've decided we'll do Zabby Alonso for the YouTube show but if you want to see the pros and cons of uh, Ange Postacoglu Hansi Flick Julian Nagelsmann Roberto Di Zerbi uh, Thomas Frank um. Zabby Alonso and Amarim from Sporting Amarim, yeah, well, yeah. Um, then yeah go over check out redmenplus.com um, get yourself signed up and, and listen to that podcast if you want because everything's available in podcast form or watch the show uh, in video form up to you but we're going to look at Zabby Alonso um, and so I suppose like loads of people have done Zabby Alonso tactics videos over the last few weeks on YouTube and stuff so we're going to do something a little bit different here I want to just get your overall feelings on you know, what we normally do on the deep dive is we look into the data mm. and the analytics. Uh, how do you do that when you're trying to look at a manager? Oof, it's hard. Um, I think, I said to you earlier, didn't I, that like, when it comes to assessing managers, I think generally managerial analysis is not really that good. And I think that stems from like, you end up analysing the team and automatically assume everything the team's doing is the manager and that's exactly what he's going to do at your club but it's it's not always the case like that um, Ian Graham Liverpool's outgoing director of research I think he went last season didn't he he said that assessing managerial impact managerial performance is the holy grail of analytics and that's because it's quite hard to do it's how do you determine what a manager is responsible responsible for, and what is what what the players are responsible for, considering the manager never kicks a ball or makes a save. So it, it is generally really difficult to do. I think you can do it in terms of assessing style, you know, managerial style. But in terms of assessing what's this guy worth, you know, what what's the impact he's having on this team's points points total or whatever, the number of goals this team's scoring, the number of goals this team's conceding. It's it's really hard to do it. One of the things that we can look at with exactly what you've said there is Zabi Alonso took over Leverkusen and was about 18 months ago now. Yeah. 17th in the league. Yeah. Underperforming. Underperforming, you think? Large group of players still the same. Big outgoings and incomings in the summer. Now they're sat first in the league on a massive unbeaten run. Yeah. I mean... There's your managerial impact. That's your managerial impact, isn't it, when it it comes to, to Zabi Alonso? 
So where do you want to start with this then? Do you want to talk about his style of play or do you want to talk well, about the tactics or... I think, I do think the concept of a manager is, it needs to be kind of talked about first. Like I think, I think on Liverpool, in Liverpool, the, the, the manager's painted as like a real god. And he's, you know, he's, they've got, you know, the infamous flag on the cop where they've got like Benitez and Shankly and all them. And I think it's... We do deify our managers. Yeah. Yeah. Bad. But like the, the data take on managers over the past couple of years, it, it's kind of like they, they don't influence as much as you'd think. Um, and for the most part, like certainly at, the, at, at a normal level, you know, if you, if you get rid of a coach and replace him with another, there's not a lot of tangible evidence there to suggest that that was worth doing. Um, usually you get like a bit of a bounce, then a leveling out period, a little bit of a decline. The decline could be caused by just randomness, short-term bad luck or whatever. Pressure from the outside, you get sacked and you start the process all over again. Jürgen Klopp is obviously an outlier in terms of all three of his jobs throughout his managerial career, Mainz, Dortmund, uh, Liverpool, it's quite clear that whatever group you give him, he exceeds expectations in terms of what they end up delivering, in terms of expected performance, actual performance, winning trophies and everything. Just special mm-hmm. in that sense. But if you look at most managers out there, there's not a lot of th- not a lot that do it. I think Guardiola's another one, obviously. Um, but most managers, I think you can group in the same massive cluster as like, they don't really have a positive or a negative impact. They just kind of, it's, it's for, for the most part, basically what I'm getting at is it's the players. Um, and if you can identify a coach who gets more from a group of players, that's, they're the kind of golden, golden ones that you need to, you need to pick up on. I think Alonso so far, it's very early. But he does look really good, doesn't he? Yeah, he does, mate. I mean, I, I say I, I've sort of fallen in love with him over the last twenty-four to forty-eight hours of, of doing research, knowing we're going to do this show and stuff like that. I mean, what I love is there's a clear philosophy there. Mm. Um, much like you, right now you see in a three-four-three formation, but what he is doing can be replicated with different numbers. It can be replicated with a four at the back yeah. and a three-man midfield and a three-man attack or whatever. I think when you look at it, and I'd like to shout out to a mate of mine, James Alcott, who's done an incredible video uh, on his YouTube channel. Uh, if you just type in JLA Alonso, go and watch that. It's about 15 minutes long. It's absolutely superb. And he does the video where it's like, what would Liverpool's team do in the 3-4-3? And I think his ultimate conclusion from that video was they don't have the players that Zabi Alonso does, but when Zabi Alonso, if Zabi Alonso were to come into Liverpool Football Club, it wouldn't be the same. And yeah. it's that, is he versatile enough to be able to get the most out of the Liverpool players is the big question. Well, this this is the crucial element that we need to touch on before we start going deep on, on Alonso's time at Leverkusen. There's a clear difference between tactics and principles, basically. And I think your principles are what remain throughout your career. You never really deviate from them. That's your philosophy, regardless. And your tactics are determined by the players that you've got at your disposal. So, it's 3-4-3 three, is brilliant. And we're going to look at the numbers that is 3-4-3 three, three is delivered in the Bundesliga. But I think, personally, if he was to come to Liverpool, I don't think he's bringing the fourth. It's a 3-4-3 three, three with him. I think he's probably looking at his new group, seeing what they need. And I wouldn't be surprised if he stuck with 4-3-3. Three, three 
but just started to integrate his own principles in comparison to Klopp's, and they are different. So are what different. are what are those principles for you then when you look at Xabi Alonso's Leverkusen side? So I think if you look at Alonso's Leverkusen, they're definitely different to, to, to Liverpool in the way in which they play. So first off, this is the first phase that we'll get up here. So this is just very basic passes completed per oh, 90. Five, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this is Europe's top five leagues this season in league competitions only. As you can see, Leverkusen, that, that's ridiculous, you know. That, that's like, you know... The, but there's a gap to City. Yeah, yeah, which is saying something. You know, Pep Guardiola is ball obsessed. It's it's constant dominance, very slow, and all that stuff. Leverkusen complete more passes paying ninety than Manchester City do. PSG, Brighton, Bayern Munich, Real Madrid. You know, Liverpool somewhere in the middle there. That's the top twenty, by the way. I think in Europe's top five leagues. Um, so Leverkusen quite clearly really dominant when it comes to the ball um, they're also top for passes attempted by the way um, so it's not just a completed thing um, and then I think the next visit is, is, is particularly interesting in, in reference to Jürgen Klopp because on the bottom axis you've got the percentage of Leverkusen's total number of passes that they played short mm-hmm. and on the side axis you've got the ones that they played long this is again Europe's big five leagues and it's 2023 20, to 24 so it's this season um, and I, I, as you can see Leverkusen very much obsessed with with short you know five yard passes basically um, you know about 60% ish of their passes are short whereas and it's, the fewest percentage yeah, of long passes of everybody yeah they just don't do long passes um, you know you, you're talking under 5% probably under 6% of their passes there are played long. Um, and again, if you compare that to a Liverpool who are on there somewhere, are they on there? I can't see them, to be honest. Well, Liverpool off the top of my head, from memory, are around Nottingham Forest in the sense that they basically have a, a mixed bag. I think that's what we've loved about Liverpool, the, the ability to mix it under Klopp, the ability to be really practical if necessary. Um, but Leverkusen under Xabi Alonso are really... You know, controlling five yards, short passes, methodical. And um, for me, that's a principle. That's not something that would change too much if he came to Liverpool, in my opinion. like um, I think his tactics definitely would. But that feels like something that is philosophical for him. And I think he would encourage Liverpool to start playing like that. Um, now, is that a good thing in your head? Do you know what I mean? For... for from a Liverpool fan's well, perspective, is that a Liverpool style of play? It's not Liverpool's style of play and it hasn't been for a long time. Mm. Um, I don't think it comes naturally to watch a Liverpool side that plays like that. But then one thing that might be comparable in this scenario, so I'll give you an example, and I'll try and use the tactics board if I can as well. Obviously, you see the way that Xabi Alonso uses the 3-4-3 formation. Now, these guys are essentially as wing-backs, aren't they? Now, Liverpool, uh, sorry, Leverkusen like to sort of go with Frimpong over here on the right-hand side. Now, one of the, the beautiful things of Liverpool is that ability to go vertical from defence, from defence to attack, mm. right? Now, we might use long passes to do that, 
Frimpong can do a lot of that work in the same way that Doku might for Manchester City is he might pick the ball up and just run 20 yards forwards yeah. to get that speed into the attack that they're looking at which means you're not playing a long pass you've got a dribbly guy over there on the right hand side who's able to do it and so there are principles with Zabi Alonso's short passing etc etc but he still has that ability to get the team up the field by creating an overload on the left hand side which might then mean the ball over to the right hand side allows them to get into space yeah I mean go on no, so I think that, that you know inherently no the short passes aren't what we're used to seeing um, but we are a possession based side or have moved closer towards a possession based side Um over the years under Jürgen Klopp and I think that's probably Pep Landers' influence isn't it yeah I agree yeah I mean I think he's he's definitely more Guardiola than, than Klopp Alonso and I don't think that is a bad thing by any means I'm just referencing this as in like if we think of what Liverpool football looks like I do think there's a small question mark there as to whether it suits because I, I, I think one of the reasons Klopp's been so successful is he's been able to adequately represent the the fan base and the city on the pitch yeah. with a style of play that's proactive, bold, you know, forward, uh, practical at times, um, brave, attacking, and all that stuff. That's you know, spirited. That's what Liverpool is as a city for me. Um, so I think, say for example, if Guardiola had took charge of Liverpool over the past couple of years, I have no doubt that Liverpool would have been very, very successful. Obviously, but watching City. It just it does feel a bit just slow and almost yeah, boring. It, 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 no, I, I felt exactly the same about his Barcelona side towards the end. I, I, I stopped enjoying watching his Barcelona side. Mm. Um, it was all too... What's the word or what's the phrase? It was like watching a fucking lab experiment. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas Klopp's Liverpool side was very much swashbuckling, wasn't it? You yeah. Could, you could get behind it. You knew what you were going to see. Um, but Le- Leverkusen, uh, you know, th- as I said, this is like the, the tactical system can change, that, and I, I think it will change. But the way in which he plays, I don't think would. It would be relatively slow compared to what we're used to. It'd be methodical, closer to City and Arsenal than what we've seen. But crucially, it is successful. It does work. I think football's kind of going that way a little bit, where it is kind of you only accelerate the game when it's right to do that. Yeah. I think Klopp's had this amazing ability to. I think he called it recently organised chaos. That's what it's been for Liverpool. It's been. Just, it looks like uh, chaos, but it's not. It's, it's not. Organized. Yeah, it's planned and that. But you know, Leverkusen are a lot more methodical, and as I said, it's a good thing for them. This is just a slight question mark there with Liverpool as a as a club as a city and stuff and like for example, um, they've had more in in terms of sequences this season in the Bundesliga, they've had more sequences with ten or more passes than any other side in the Bundesliga. Mm-hmm. They've had four hundred and sixty seven of them. The next most is Bayern, who you would expect to be on the most for me, on four hundred and twelve, and then a massive drop to Stuttgart on three hundred and forty two. Um, so it's it's very like you know it, it's very as I said meticulous building through the thirds balls on the floor for the most part but what I find curious is if you look at Optus numbers th- their kind of ability to be direct at times is is still right up there like they can they can they can they can go vertical it's not direct 
static's the wrong word, because they don't specifically go long, but they can accelerate up the pitch vertically quickly, if you see what I mean. Yeah, yeah, There's definitely a difference with that. And I think that comes back to my Frimpong point, you know, yeah. about having someone who can go forward with the ball at speed. Um, yeah. One of the things, that I think the other thing that Xabi Alonso is, is very good at is there is a complete and utter balance to his team. Mm. You know, um, I've got yeah. the figures in front of me, you know, in terms of the right-hand side, the attack down the right-hand side, 37% of the time this season, so down the right-hand side here. In terms of the middle, it's 30% of the time, and on the left, 37% of the time. Now, they use Granit Xhaka in a, in a sort of double pivot over on the left-hand side, and uh, is a Grimaldo on the left, and Hincapi's been playing there because the other fellow's been out. These are their possession guys. They spring on the right-hand side, and I, th I think sometimes, you know, thinking back to Jürgen's Liverpool, you know, your Trent and your Jordan Henderson and that on the right-hand side with Mo Salah might be the one that you sort of go down, but the burst of pace came from Robbo down the left-hand side. Yeah. And But there is a, a real balance between where they attack and they like to go through the centre of the pitch as well, which I find really interesting. Again, I reference the, the Arsenal game at the weekend. Arsenal took the centre of the pitch away from us and we struggled. Um, they can attack left, centre or right-hand side at the moment. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yeah, well, I think he, he's shown a real ability to, to get the most out of what he's got. And it's supposed he's obviously getting the most out of his wing-backs. Victor Boniface, who was up front for him, when I last checked, he was the only striker in Europe who was averaging more shots Pay a ninety than Nunes was, mm -hmm. so uh, Alonso's used to accommodating that kind of striker who basically eats up most of the attack and, and you know it belongs to him basically. And Nunes is similar in that sense, but I think the balance is spot on. I think he's obviously with touching on the three four three here, but he's he's very fluid with his tactical shapes. Like when they're building up, sometimes Grimaldo will drop in like that. Um, and it'll look a bit more like a 4 2 3 one, to be honest, because it'll... Because Frimpong pushes right yeah, it, kinda, it, it can kind of go a little bit like that, really, where you've got like him. a 4 2 3 one if, if you're talking about formations. But I think if you spoke like that in front of Alonso, I think he kind of rolled his eyes a little bit at the, the notion of a formation. I don't think he... I think he's very, very fluid. And I think one of the, the key principles is very similar to Liverpool in that 
it can quite easily become a five on five. Yeah, it, yeah, but that happens a lot. That happens a lot. That's that's a very modern kind of development that we've seen with the likes of Guardiola, Postacoglu, and 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 coaches like that. They established that bank of five and the attack, and, and maybe even more like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and that's where their control comes from. And 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 I think it does show up in the numbers, though, doesn't it, Josh? That Zabi Alonso, his Leverkusen side can attack. Yeah, well, this goes back to the balance. So, the balance that he's got at Leverkusen, one of the reasons why they're doing so well is because they can attack and they can defend both that's really, simple. really well. Sounds really simple. Yeah, but that's when you think about it, right? That's that's the objective of a coach. Coach your team so that they can be really creative in attack and really watertight in defence. And, and then if they are, that's kind of the coaching influence on... on. And that's what you think back to, again, Jürgen's Liverpool. We could attack in 1718, mm. but when we got Alisson and we got Virgil van Dijk and we started to be able to defend, that's when we started to win trophies. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're going to look at Alonso's attack in the numbers here very quickly. So on the bottom axis, you've got shots per 90. And on the side axis, you've got the, the non-penalty expected goals per 90, you know, attached to those shots. Mm-hmm. Um, the best attack in, in Europe so far this season has been Bayern Munich. And that is partly why I think Bayern Munich will probably end up winning the league, sadly. But again, look at Leverkusen, you know, really mixing it with, with Liverpool, Manchester City, Real Madrid, Barcelona. The best attacks in Europe. Leverkusen right up there with about 17, 18 shots per 90 and a, about two expected goals per 90. They are solid, solid numbers and that's exactly why he's right up there for mm-hmm. the Bundesliga this season. That's exactly why they haven't lost a single game all season um, in any competition. And then if you pair that with his defence, um, it's, it's similarly good really you know in terms of the shots he's facing on a pair 90 basis on the bottom axis it's it's less than 10 you know it's about 8.5 or so in terms of the shots that he's facing and then the the, the expected goals on the side axis again it's it's about the same expected goals that Manchester City are giving away mm-hmm. which is you know Guardiola's defence is ridiculous it's it's kind of on par with that and it's it's in the conversation with Bayern Manchester City um better defence really than, than Liverpool at the minute in, in the Bundesliga so those two combined are why Leverkusen are doing so well in, in the Bundesliga obviously you, you can't control everything mm-hmm. he, he can't control the finishing ability of his players and he can't really control the saving ability of his goalkeeper but he can coach his team to be good at creating and good at stopping the opposition and it looks like they're really good at doing that so that's one of the reasons why I think he's He's possibly like the he's possibly the next Guardiola, you know. And if that's like that. the case, the Liverpool have to move heaven and earth to get him. Well, touching on what I said earlier about like you know what is a, what is a manager? I think a manager is look at the group of players that you've got and determine what to expect from that group in terms of expected performance, expected points, whatever. I think he's exceeding that. Um, not many coaches do. It'd be nice if he'd been exceeding it for a longer period of time. But is there enough evidence, do you think, to to move 
No. You know, would, well, you, uh, would you want more experience? Some people put more experience. Yeah, you'd want more experience, but like, if the best man for the job hasn't got the experience, Liverpool probably go for him if he's the best man for the job. That's what it comes down to, isn't it? I think when you think about culturally, does he fit for us? Yeah, he probably does. He's got that link to us. Uh, we know he's a Liverpool fan. I think he's, he, he said years ago that he's going to bring his children up as Liverpool fans. Um, you know, he's playing nice, expressive dominant football which is something that we want and it's not without it being it's not ticky tacker because of the direct speed of the attacks yeah, it's, times, yeah. it's more than it's more than just ticky tacker and I think he's one of those guys who will draw on his experience from Spain from German football from his own personal experience from English football to create something that works in that sort of environment and I think that's what he's done right now um, I think it's what he'll continue to do and I think you know, it's one of those where, yes, there's a risk, but what's the risk versus the reward? If you get the next Pep Guardiola, the risk is worth it. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I think that he ticks an awful lot of boxes, really. If you look at his attack that I've just shown there, that is a box ticked. He's quite clearly got that attack flowing and firing. The defence, again, big tick. Um, he's not giving away much on the defensive side at all in terms of how he's coached his players. He's... He's not experienced in the managerial world, but as a person in football, you're not getting much more experience. He's won everything in the sport. He's worked under the very best. Um, can speak at least three languages, including English. Has experience of the Premier League in terms of like what to expect from the media and, and, the, and the, the league and certain stadiums and things like that. I think he's proved so far at Leverkusen, early days, but he's proved that he can improve players. Um, you have the respect of all of Liverpool's players as well. Exactly, yeah. I think there there would be a backing from the fan base as well. I think that's a difficult thing to establish when you're losing Jurgen Klopp. But I think if you put in Xabi Alonso, I think immediately most fans would be happy with that and, and, and want him to do well. Um, he's, you could argue he's probably attainable. I think if he's not attainable, it's because of him. I think he it would be on him to decide whether he's ready. The only worry I'd have with that was, would be Real Madrid recently got Ancelotti to sign a one-year extension. I would be curious as to why they have done that. Is that because they've spoke to Alonso, offered him it, and he said one more year? Um, so if we can't get him, I think it'd be because A, he doesn't think he's ready, and B, Madrid are already lined up for next year. But in terms of all the credentials, it's... There's, I mean, there's to, not many to cons. be fair, Manchester um, Real Madrid are taking the mick here because like <laughs> it looks like they're going to have Mbappe and Bellingham, and then I don't know how much truth in is it, but I reckon at some point they're going to have Erling Haaland in that side as well. It's unfair. Isn't it? They don't need a manager. I know, yeah. They won't need a manager. Just get Zidane back. <laughs> You've got a fella there. Just go and get him. He'll win your European Cup with them three playing for you. I mean, give us Sabi Alonso. That's all I'm saying. Okay. I know they got Romani as well. Yeah, it's a joke. They're, they're <laughs> absolute piss take of a football club. Well, like nice vultures of... for every best player in the world. I mean, and they're still playing the R ones as well. I know. Um, they're taking the mick, like. But listen, uh, one one question that we've not really looked at in terms of you know we had a little look at his tactics. We've looked at the data. How would he fit in terms of for working under FSG's ownership of Liverpool Football Club? I think he'd work well. I think he he seems to have that modern perspective about him. I saw a little video this morning actually about like he's talking about transfers and he's he's talking about like 
you know, collaborating and um, forward planning in advance, long term stuff, rather than being impulsive and um, panicking almost on deadline day and things like that. Um, and I think he'll have seen the success that Klopp got from working with Edwards and Graham and Ward and all that and the scouts and coming to a common decision as to what's the best decision to make. He doesn't come across to me, Alonso was the type to to be ruled by his ego. He was like, you know, I want this player, I think we need him and, you know, fall out with people in the process and that. He doesn't strike me as that kind of person. Can you look at a signing that he's made, maybe Granit Xhaka? Possibly, yeah, someone yeah. like that, where if it was all ego and all that type of stuff, you probably wouldn't sign Granit Xhaka, but I think maybe, you know, what Alonso saw and what Alonso wanted is making the best of Granit Xhaka's good qualities because, you know, he was waylaid by Arsenal fans for years for being too reckless and all this type of stuff. But what he's managed to achieve with Granit Xhaka being a hugely important part of this Leverkusen side would maybe an English manager or someone managing the Premier League might be like not sure about Granit Xhaka so where he seems to be like no Granit Xhaka's the best fit for this club and he goes and gets him and he's performing at an incredible level yeah and it's worth noting as well we've been linked with uh, the former Leverkusen sporting director he's now at West Ham Uh, he was the guy who appointed Alonso so I think that's quite interesting Um, a little two for one (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I said right at the start I wouldn't be surprised if Liverpool got a sporting director and a manager of work together I know it didn't actually happen but I feel like that's such a big and crucial part of how you manage a football club now that yeah. having two people that are on the same wavelength is really really important yeah yeah definitely I think Liverpool kind of got that initially with um, Graham and Edwards you know they, they work together at Spurs then went to Liverpool as a bit of a duo. Now they've left as a duo and are now consulting with clubs as part of um, a startup called Ludonautics. So it, I, I completely agree with you. I think Alonso would benefit from from working with. Um, I think it's Steiner, is it? Tim Steiner? Is how you say it, yeah? That's how you say it. spelled. But I think regardless, he comes across as the kind of guy anyway who would get, get along with anyone. You know, and I think there's very few cons attached to him if, if you look at him. It's, it is think, experience. Yeah, it's not even. I don't even know if experience is the word. It's more sample size, isn't it? Mm. Like, yeah, maybe. Yeah, it, it's more like you haven't got that much evidence behind him that he is. What's he got seventy games as a manager. Yeah, yeah. A lot of it is a B team coach for in charge of Sociedad. So you just haven't got that much evidence that he's boss. But the evidence that you have got. Does say he's boss, yeah, but it's just not enough of it. Is he the number one target for Josh Williams? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I yeah, think, I he's think my he number is. One I, d- I do think it'd be really interesting though to see Liverpool adopt that and how fans take to it because it is still very attractive, proactive attacking football, and that it's just on the looks of it a bit less heavy vertical, heavy metal, direct, practical. It's just a bit more like chess, um, and seeing seeing that would be interesting because I feel like it felt like Rogers tried to do that at Liverpool and ended up going a bit heavy metal in his best period where we were just very we blew teams away in twenty minutes. Well, that, that's the crowd. It's how the crowd affects a football team, exactly, isn't it? Yeah. And, you know, vice versa. So it would be interesting to see. Um, one thing I will say is that a lot of Liverpool fans like winning, and if Xabi Alonso brings winning um, with attractive football, then I think it would probably be fine by all of us. Yeah, you almost need to ignore the results that he's delivered because they it's such a low scoring sport that like results are so fickle and that, that that can change very quickly if you look at the process 
the process is what delivers the positive results. Hopefully, and his process looks really, really good. Um, is he top of your list? He is now. Yeah. After this, or <laughs> after the research for this, more than yeah. after this. Okay. Um, yeah, I think when you consider who he is, his background, what he was as a player, what he's doing currently, there isn't. There isn't anyone on the list who's got the success that blows Alonso away. Mm. And, you know, if there was someone out there like a Pep Guardiola who's achieved what he's achieved in football versus someone like Xabi Alonso, then I'd go for the fellow with the success as well. Mm. But I don't think the names being attached have got the success. Yeah. And so because of that, Alonso fits the bill because he fits who I think should be Liverpool manager as a person more than anyone else. I did ask you this off air, I think it was, but if he didn't have a Liverpool past, would would he still be top of your list? Because I think from an FSG perspective, the reason they're so keen to incorporate the data is to remove the, what's the word, the, the kind of nostalgia, you know, the sentiment from, from the process. And for me, he's that's the crucial thing, he's still boss without the fact that he's played for Liverpool. I'll, I'll answer it in the only way that I know how is by sitting on the fence. <laughs> what moves Alonso away from the pack is the Liverpool background. The Liverpool background. Yeah. He's much closer to the pack without, that, without yeah. it. Mm. He still might be in the lead, but it might be by a nose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's what brings him apart from me. I yeah. think I've answered your question, so there you go. Yeah, it's an interesting one to It's think a good question. That. It's a very good question. So there you go. That has been the deep dive. Uh, looking at Xabi Alonso and why Liverpool might be interested in him. There's a little bit about his tactics and a little bit about the data side of it. If you enjoyed the show, please like it. If you want to see more uh, from us, then go to redmenplus.com. Sign up. We do an extra show there every single week as well. Uh, thank you very much for watching, Josh. Thank you very much for joining me. Thank you very much to Aaron producing this one. And I'll see you next time. Ciao.